Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here on Radio Taiwan International. Up next, I have for you hashtag Taiwan and a status update. But first, we're going to start off with a little bit of fun news, but with hashtag uh, here in Taiwan. Sorry, not hashtag Taiwan here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're tuning in to us via Facebook stream, today is Monday, November 1st. Wow, I can't believe it's already November. Yeah, that means wow. within two months we're going to be in 2022, Stash. <sighs> it's crazy. Mentally, I'm still in 2020. <laughs> Mentally, I'm still in 2020. But if you're listening to us via shortwave radio, you're, uh, today is going to be Tuesday, November the 2nd. You're going to be one day closer to 2022 than we were when we came no. live to you on Facebook. We'll catch up one day. That's right. <laughs> uh, today on Here in Taiwan, we're going to be talking about a vaccine donation from uh, another friendly country. And we'll, let's give you a little bit of an update of what the vaccination situation in Taiwan is. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Halloween and how Taiwan celebrates Halloween. Um, people really have gotten into it over the past few years. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> this year was just a huge focal point. A few other stories I have for you is about a pangolin who's about to travel a long way. And I got more stories lined up for you. That much and more coming up next on Here in Taiwan. All right, Stash, so let's talk about uh, really quickly the vaccine situation because uh, it seems like right now Taiwan is on a steady path for for, for vaccination. Like yeah. our vaccination, our single dose vaccination rate is like 75% right 72, now. I mean, uh, as of uh, the 29th of yeah. October, so it's a few days ago now, uh, it was on 72%. So, 72%. So we're probably roughly on, I mean, probably nearing 75 now. Yeah. We crossed 70% first dose and, um, and uh, 30% second dose on the same day, which was, again, last week. So we're now above those kind of milestones. Um, aiming for, I mean, you know, I, uh, if you follow our programming uh, on Taiwan Insider, I did a bit of an analysis of this. I mean, very, very, very basic mathematical analysis um, showing that, you know, if we keep up the current rate, that, that being the rate of like the last month or so, Taiwan could be you know, 60% fully vaccinated by about mid-December. So. I remember your extrapolation chart. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it went up and then it was just like a straight I shot mean, up. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think, I think it could be, I think it could be fairly straight up to a point, yeah. but like, I think the line that I drew was straight for too long, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get into that now. I mean, it was, it was just, it was just a, you know, a ballpark yeah. estimate, but um, yeah, but it's doing pretty well. Um, we've got a few, um, we've got a few, I mean, like, you know, there was a point um, where in kind of around August and so when we were kind of really feeling the crunch in terms of vaccination yeah. you know, doses and so um, on. And what happened was, uh, well, right now, Taiwan administers two uh, vaccines, two brands of vaccines with regularity. One is the uh, BNT vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine, as it's known in North America. And there's the AstraZeneca vaccine. Well, there's also Moderna and there is Medigen. Moderna, but it's been and and Medigen. Yeah. Sorry, Medigen also uh, was was a Taiwanese. Um, it's a Taiwanese domestic, um, domestically manufactured vaccine. The thing about we was we haven't got a Moderna shipment in a while, whereas AstraZeneca and 
um, the Pfizer has been yeah. coming in with regularity, yeah. right? I think Japan donated like another 400,000 AstraZeneca's. We've been getting AstraZeneca on, on the regular. Yeah. Uh, like uh, all the other all the European countries that donate to us, like Slovakia. Yeah, and, everyone's um, just handing off their AstraZeneca. They're handing off their AstraZeneca, which is fine because I got AstraZeneca. Yeah, so did I. I'm going to get my uh, my second AstraZeneca jab tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow's the oh, big wow. day. And uh, yeah, like we're not, but the thing is AstraZeneca, that kind of protein va- vaccine is a little more forgiving yeah. in what your second dose can be, right? Right. Oh, because so, you can mix it. Yeah. With, so uh, if you can mix it with mRNA vaccines like Moderna, BNT, um, and that's fair. Yeah. But if it's like, if you, your first shot was Moderna or Pfizer, you're pretty much tied to yeah. getting a second shot of locked in for whatever that one. you got. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Moderna, this is, this is good news for people who got Moderna in the first shots. Mm. which is the Americans, uh, the USA is donating 1.5 million doses of the Moderna vaccine. Mm. And I think it arrived today. It was scheduled to arrive today. I think it arrived, uh, I think, early early today. That's right. Uh, Yeah, um, just a quick shout out. We've got Badare, Parasad, Verma, Anjan uh, coming to us, uh, I believe, from India. Uh, at least writing in Hindi, according to Facebook Translate. And he says, in Hindi, um, using the power of translation, your broadcast is very beautiful. Thank I, you very much. I love it. Badari, thank um, you. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but going back to your question, yeah, so they're, they're, those doses are coming today. That brings the U.S.'s sort of total donation of uh, vaccines to Taiwan to 4 million. Yes. Uh, because they'd sent us 2.5 million, uh, sent Taiwan 2.5 million uh, previously. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good news. I mean, to be honest, yeah, there's now a kind of um, so Taiwan has uh, administered about 25 million uh, vaccine doses. Mm. Oh, uh, 25 million. Yeah, and our uh, population is 23 million. Yeah, so so huh. now it's now over. You know, but you you know you have to vaccinate. Mostly, you have to vaccinate people twice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that means you need to get to about double the population. So you know, we're halfway there, thereabouts. Uh, if you want to get all the way. And um, Taiwan has received just under 29 million. So there's a gap of like about 4 million where we've got 4 million in our pocket to use. I think what there, there was, they were saying like every day they were administering 100,000 or so. Yeah. So we've got about like a 40 day leeway, I guess. Yeah. At, pretty the, good. at current rate, which yeah. is all right. I mean, you, you can't use the vaccines as soon as they arrive right yeah uh you also need to test them and those testing periods can can go from like two weeks to they're, 30 they're actually days going, they're actually vaccinating a fair bit faster than that they're going um about more like four hundred thousand a day oh wow yeah, yeah, yeah okay because yeah. last i checked it was like one hundred twenty thousand a day no it's more like it looks like more about 350 400,000 a day so wow. that's a lot yeah um so uh, yeah i mean at that rate that's not going to last as long um but um but you know the quicker the better but yeah. um yeah obviously taiwan's very grateful for these uh these donations um coming to us you know as they are in in this kind of global pandemic this global health emergency back in the day uh well like back in may like taiwan had an abysmally low vaccination rate when at a time when the world was getting vaccinated yeah. i think the vaccination rate was like do it didn't even break 20 percent. yeah i mean it's you know we haven't really had even had second doses yeah, in taiwan yeah. for, a, for a very long time so you know, very few few people were playing some good catch up here. Yeah, playing some good. We're doing good. Yeah, yeah we're just, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're thankful for the vaccines. Thank you, everybody. Uh, before we move on, really quickly, Stash, I just want to acknowledge something that happened in Japan over the weekend, which uh, there was an attacker on the Tokyo subway st- uh, system. 
uh, it was a 24-year-old unemployed young man, and um, there was some video that surfaced on the internet of uh, of people escaping the subway, and uh, there was fire in one of the subway cars from which people were escaping. Uh, very, very terrible tragedy. We just want to take a moment to um, to say that our thoughts are with the victims, and we really this senseless violence really is there's no no place in the world for such senseless acts of violence and um they've already caught the guy who the, they've caught the perpetrator and um it was a very it was it was there was a number of ways this could have gone wrong mm. but first responders were right on the spot um it seems so far that 17 people have been injured um no deaths reported so far yeah but- but certainly uh, a very scary situation. Yeah. So uh, just want to take a note, take a moment to acknowledge uh, what's happened in Tokyo and just say that uh, we're, we're, we're very sorry that this had this happened. And um, we hope that everybody involved uh, is can find some kind of peace, some kind of uh, comfort mm. of some sort, because th- these, tra- these traumatizing experiences they stick with you for life, man. Mm-hmm. Like that in in those moments. Anyway, that's just something I'd like to say in the middle of uh, moving on. Uh, Stash, let me ask you something. Did you celebrate Halloween? Uh, I I didn't really do any kind of like dressing up or anything. No? I uh, I went out and watched a a, a show a, sh- a show version of Hocus Pocus. Mm. That uh, the Disney movie, the Disney movie yeah. with uh, who's it? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's in it, um, playing one of the witches. Those, it involves lots of witches. All the actresses were so made up, I couldn't really tell you who <laughs> they were. Yeah, I um, I actually haven't seen the whole movie, so I've seen the beginning of it, and I've seen the show that I saw on Saturday. So that was about the extent of my um, you know, my supernatural kind of Halloween doings. People love that movie, dude. Like, yeah. I have a lot of people. I have a lot of friends who are just like, oh my god, that was like the Halloween movie. I, <laughs> I mean, like, it seems really? like it's quite kind of camp and fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, did, you, did you do any Halloween stuff? I did. Um, I had a costume. What did I do? Oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> uh, well, you know what the big thing on this year's list everybody was? Yeah. Squid Game. Oh, yeah. Like, Squid Game's that Korean drama. It's about a Hunger Games-type situation where a bunch of people are put together to play some childhood games, and it's high stakes, and that's what everybody was dressed as yeah, this year like yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody and yeah. their mothers um yeah you could not walk down the street without seeing someone wearing <laughs> a red jumpsuit yeah. and a mask a black mask with like a, sh- a shape on it it's like, like either a circle a square on a triangle yeah and um that was all that was there yeah that was that was pr- that was pretty much everywhere but, yeah but there were some other creative costumes out there um which took twitter by storm i think you'd have to say in in taiwan um Namely, these two little children. Uh, I don't know if it was their idea or their parents' idea. This has got to be the children's <laughs> ideal, man. Um, yeah, of, uh, dressed up as President Tsai Ing-wen, uh, Taiwan's president, and Taiwan's health minister, Chen Shih-chung. Could you do me a favor and post that link in the, uh, in the chat? I will. Really Sadly, Facebook won't let me send the actual picture, but I'll send you yeah. the link. So to our, for our Facebook uh, viewers and listeners, uh, you can view that now. Uh, to our... Shortwave listeners, I'm so sorry. Uh, you'll have to use your imagination. But there's a little a little girl dressed in a sort of beige or kind of light uh, gray jacket with a kind of the classic tying when bob cut and and glasses. Um, it's uncanny. 
I'll it's, tell you. <laughs> it's uncanny. And I was telling Sash this. I'm like, I'm not convinced that that is some mother that dressed up her kid. I think someone invented time, ta- time travel, went back in time, <laughs> kidnapped Taing Wen when she was a kid, her. and just brought her into the future. And it's like, here she is. Yeah, and, like ah, and the and the Chen Shijong, the health minister one, again, very iconic in Taiwan because um, you know every day the Central Epidemic Command Center, which is sort of in in, in charge of running Taiwan's pandemic response, uh, holds a press conference, and Chen Shijong, the health minister, uh, tends to chair those meetings. So he's on national television every day at the same time, and it's a very high stakes moment, obviously, because everyone finds out. How serious yeah. the you yeah. hold your breath you hold your breath for the for him to pull out this sort of placard that with some numbers printed on it and then uh, then you can kind of breathe easy or or maybe worry for the rest of the day but anyway he's he's definitely got a very iconic look uh, he's got that you know what you know what's so iconic about him it's his deadpan like facial expression <laughs> yeah he just, he, he, I don't want to say this this might be a little uh like. Or is this like traitorous? But like he kind of looks like Droopy the dog to me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. He's just very, very calm. He always, he looks very tired. A yeah. lot of the, I think he's. I mean, you know, the, like we say, the man is up there most days. I mean, recently he hasn't. I think that's to do with kind of legislative sort of obligations. But but he is up there every day. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> he doesn't get a holiday. I think he took. I think he took a few days off uh, recently. But, yeah. But he's been up there basically constantly every recently day day. in the past week i think they've had these the deputy uh, central epidemic yeah. Command center yeah. commander yeah that's take right the, and then they're just like take a break man because before that he was working like when that time, weekends you know every he was working every, every weekend and then there was this one time when they were getting vaccines mm. what he oh no, no 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 there was the evacuation flight they evacuated uh taiwanese from wuhan where is it which is right. like the the center of the uh, the epidemic, and he hadn't slept for like forty eight hours at oh, that point wow. because he was just going back and forth between the airport and the city. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when he did sleep, he was sleeping in his office. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you could really see it because, like, yeah, um, there was a point where he, like, you know, he hadn't. You could, I mean, ever they're all wearing masks, yeah, but yeah. Um, but you could see he hadn't shaved for a while. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like, there are a few like when when things take priority over shaving yeah. <laughs> like that's when you know you're being a little worked yeah uh worked really hard at that point but yeah so this little boy who's dressed as chen shijong has the appropriate sort of wrinkles i guess in the right places the slightly graying hair and of course the um the full jacket it's very difficult to describe um, it's a it's like a vest jacket like right a vest, like a kind of vest jacket yeah, like yeah. puffer jacket type thing it's very typical of sort of um i'd say officials here would you say i mean like i feel like when you see like mayors and stuff. Well, that design, it's a black it's a black um vest mm. jacket with a yellow collar and yeah. then you have on one side of the vest is your name and then your rank. Yeah. Right? And that's a very that's the Central Epidemic Command Center's yeah. look. That's their vest. But, but I've seen so many vests like yeah. that. You have like the city mayors have their own the vest. Mayors, it's the mayor's vest. <laughs> the uh, the city councilors, the lawmakers, they all have that. They vest. all have their vests. I don't know how it came to be, <laughs> man. Was know. it like a, is it like a thing left over from Japanese culture? I don't know where the vests come from. It's so funny. Yeah. I find I find like it's funny. It's like um, yeah. It's kind of like it's sort of like in in like the world of football, soccer. Yeah. Uh, when you have managers, so you call it football. It's okay, man. <laughs> you have two types of manager. Yeah, you yeah. have the manager who dresses in like a suit, mm. and you have the manager who dresses in like the training gear. And it's kind of like the same with like Taiwan politicians. It's like you have the politicians who, yeah, yeah. who in their official photo, 
are wearing like a suit. Uh, and then like you have like mayors like Hoyoi of um, of New Taipei City, who's I think he's pretty much always in his vest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's always like, he always looks like he's going somewhere. He's you know inspecting something or you know. because Hoyoi used to be a, a police officer, and right. I think he just got used to wearing the vest. He's just like <laughs> you know, why not? But uh, yeah, the vest will always say your rank. Yeah, that's the thing, and I yeah. think that's the important thing. Like. The politicians wear it like they're afraid people won't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like you don't need to do yeah, that. Yeah, you want to go out because like it's probably embarrassing if you go out and no one recognizes yeah, you. Yeah, right? yeah. So you want to you want to advertise it as clearly as possible. And you know what's really funny about the little girl dressed up as Taiwan? Yeah, I love how she carries a picture of the president around. <laughs> like she's like, "This is who I am." Yeah, that is. I mean, like, is that really? Oh, okay. If you're in Taiwan, maybe that's not so necessary. But like, yeah, I mean, because she doesn't have the name, I guess. You know, it is. She she could just be looking cute yeah. um but yeah the 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 picture really helps the crowd because you know also like tying when doesn't just have one look that's this fair. just happens to be one one of her probably more iconic looks that i think that's that was a national day speech she was given possibly i don't remember and then uh tomash our our other uh english service guy he was up there who's just like yeah uh, do you know what in taiwan they call halloween mother's arts and crafts day <laughs> because it's basically just a bunch of moms having fun with their kids right yeah i mean for for how well these costumes come off as, I don't think a kid could like make it. Like the yeah. the kid with the giant syringe, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's, got a- he's got a big syringe, uh, which is a uh, it bears the name of Taiwan's uh, Taiwan made uh, COVID nineteen vaccine Medigen. The other thing is uh, the kids, like this is a very a very special, or I don't want to say a special Halloween. This is a very particular Halloween in which. You know, we've come to be known with uh, public hygiene tools. Mm. So, like, there was a kid dressed up as a, a spray bottle of uh, alcohol. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I went to school with, uh, back in elementary school, I went to school with uh, one of my classmates. He went as a giant gallon of milk. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of funny. But, like... Was that topical? This, or was it, that? Was, it was topical because in America, we had this campaign of uh, of got milk commercials right, right so it's like people who you know eat a bunch of cookies they don't have milk they start choking right and it's like a giant like milk carton comes out it's like got milk this is like the, the milk industry yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the dairy it's, it the was dairy big dairy industry. big dairy this was big dairy in big america dairy is affecting halloween yeah pretty much pretty much <laughs> and this is the same same kind of deal right here uh for halloween at least yeah what did i do you know what um it's interesting because in the lead up to this, we didn't really know if there was going to be a Halloween mm. because only recently have cases really kind of declined. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now I feel like it's only in the past two weeks where people are feeling safer mm. and willing to go out and about. Yeah. So there was this period for about two weeks where people were just like, we can go out for Halloween. Mm. Oh my goodness, we haven't planned for Halloween because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody was asking, like, what could we do for Halloween? And even it that that answer came back to me. What did I do for Halloween? Like I like I said, I went out to go hang out, play some Squid Game with the friends. We had the office Halloween party on Wednesday, and that was kind of fun. Yeah, I missed until that one. it wasn't <laughs> oh, because. Wow. Because Jessica Chang, the editor for Taiwan Insider, we've mm. mentioned her many mm. times. She was dressed up as like the ghost nun, and she she pulled it off very well. Oh. I was it was not fun <laughs> to just have her stare at you with that look. Um, you were not the Thursday. We didn't do anything Friday. Did I do anything Friday? 
I feel like we did something for Halloween on Friday. I just can't remember. Uh, I was, who it was. in on Friday. You yeah. were in on Friday. Yeah. Huh? Were you in on Friday? No, I was not. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, okay, you went in. But like I said, uh, Stash, we are coming up on November. We're going to 2022, man. Yeah, we're nearly there. Uh, the series is just asking what the myth be- behind Halloween is. You know what it is? I um, Nazir, this is a good question because. Over the past few days, people have been asking me, "Is like, is Halloween an American holiday?" <laughs> and I was just like, "You know what? That's a very good question." Because what was in the UK? I mean, it is in the UK. I mean, I think the way that we celebrate. I mean, I I've said this before. I think, but like, uh, I find American costumes confusing because in the UK, I'd say like you have to make some effort to be scary. Mm. Like even if it's like really minimal effort, like you could, let's say, dress up as. Um, uh, I don't know, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, but then you'd have to be scary Joe Biden in some way. Maybe you put you fangs on Joe. Or maybe Joe Biden's Joe. scary to you as, as it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say to some American <laughs> conservatives. Some Americans possibly scary. Like Joe already. Biden already is, is scary uh, enough. But, like, but I feel like in America, it's just like, you know, so for, for, for me... I'm very unimaginative, so I would just every every year dress up as uh, a Dracula, as a vampire. Um, it's bad that I can say you can pull it off. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I had the look, um, but uh, but yeah. So, but I feel like in America, you guys just like would dress up as anything. It's just like, oh, it's 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 just dress up day. Pretty much, you're there's not no, wrong. There's no kind of like you're not wrong. It doesn't there's have no, to be at all scary. No, man, it doesn't have in to fact, be scary it's at probably, all. It's probably more fun if it isn't. Uh, yeah. It's, um, man, who? What do my friends dress up as? Like one of them dressed up as well. My brother, he always goes as some just random. I don't even. He's, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's like you know the Napoleon paintings, right? Like a. a Think of a portrait of Napoleon yeah. and his painting yeah. and his uniform. Yeah. That's what my brother goes as. Why? And he's been going as that for like <laughs> the past 10 years. And every year it becomes more and more like uh, decorated. Like he's got, he's, he buys more <laughs> and more medals. Getting, getting he gets bigger epaulets. He gets <laughs> like uh, the saber is wow. shinier. I can't wait to come back and look at him in 2022. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, these, so apparently Halloween, basically Halloween is a uh, Hallow's Eve evening. Uh-huh. Halloween. Is it All pagan? Hallows. Well, so it was kind of a Christian. I mean, it's I think it's a Christian sort of festival. I think, but presumably, um, but it seems to be basically be based on like an old pagan thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like most. Old, yeah. So it's like a kind of uh, you know it was around about I think Halloween is kind of we're near is it equinox or is it um, yeah I think we're kind of near an equinox basically which is when the the day and the night are the same length. Yeah. And so that, in lots of pagan cultures, is a kind of particular, particularly kind of significant moment. And and so, yeah, that's how those traditions developed. And then Christians came along and were like, okay, this is now a Christian thing. And then now it's just become this kind yeah. of not really religious thing at so, all. So, Nazir, the answer to question is uh, neither or stash. Neither <laughs> stash or I really know. Yeah, or really care. <laughs> uh, I just know I just get to dress up yeah, as something I'm exactly. not. Exactly. We've got uh, Rashid Naz joining us as well, asking how we are. We're very well. Oh, we're very well, Rashid. Uh, Rashid, thank you for uh, asking. And Setio Budiono as well, uh, who's coming to us from Java, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Halloween describes freedom of expression in a horror way. If you were disguised, criminal activities could be happening. Well, that's the thing about the Jap- Japan thing, mm. right? Because that guy was dressed up as the Joker from the yeah. movie, and nobody knew he was. He had more nefarious things in mind. He, they just thought he was going out for Halloween. Yeah. So that was. Well, you're not. You're not wrong, Nazis. You got a, a, 
uh, Nazir, you yeah. got to be a little more I vigilant. Mean, but I don't, I don't think it's you know per se Halloween is necessarily linked to no. criminality. No. In any I mean, way. kids like to prank in yeah. the states. There are pranks. They like to throw eggs at houses and toilet paper stuff. Yeah, but that's about it. It's. it's did you ever? Do, did you ever partake in those activities? I would like to be very American and plead the fifth, because <laughs> I will not incriminate myself. Anyway, uh, this, that's about all the time we have for here in Taiwan. Thanks for joining us, and let us know. Did you celebrate Halloween? And if you did, what did you do? What did you dress up as? Do you take it as seriously as Stash perceives it to be? <laughs> or do you take a more laid-back experience like I do? Anyway, that's about all the time we have for our here in Taiwan. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm Leslie Leo. I'm Stash Butler. Stay tuned, you guys. Hashtag Taiwan and status update are coming up next. Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, I spoke with the creator of a petition who called on John Oliver to do a segment on Taiwan on his HBO show last week tonight. Now, if you didn't know, John Oliver did a segment on Taiwan two Sundays ago, and I asked the petition's creator, Jenna Lynn Cody, for her reaction on the segment. This is coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. I want to know, um, don't water this down for me. How ecstatic were you? When you saw that episode happen. I saw so a friend mentioned, like just sent me a message saying, oh my God, he's doing it. And I started shouting to my husband, now, 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 he's actually doing it, you know? I spent those few minutes just sort of riveted to my couch, but we watched it again later that evening. And um, I, I had to get up and walk around. I was so excited. Was it everything you imagined or did it leave something to be desired? Did he hit all the points? Sure. I mean... Uh, I was really pleased with the piece, so I think it was done really competently, and I mean, to be frank, it was more than I expected. The overall messaging that the Taiwanese people should get to decide their own fate, and that the way that Taiwan is treated so weirdly by the international community, they were so eloquent, and they really hit the messaging spot on. Did it have everything I would have liked? No. But nothing is perfect, you know. You're never going to have that perfect segment in your mind. Uh, one example is, I don't care about John Cena, but I see why they went with that. I mean, I think that's a um, commercial decision. People in America know who that guy is, and it, it matters. I Overall, I was really, really, really pleased with it. Um, I thought the history lesson was useful and accurate. And I was thrilled to see them use a clip from Karis Templeman because he's just very clear and explains a complex subject extremely well. I'm sure now that a lot of people who maybe didn't have a lot of reason to know about Taiwan before, you know, they weren't necessarily going to watch an interview with President Tsai on CNN, but they'll tune into John Oliver. And those are kind of the people, the mainstreamers that... I wanted to reach and we did that with the right message was there a moment in time where you were watching john Oliver's show and you're just like he's the guy he's 100 the guy to tackle this topic i was up late one night two three in the morning 
thinking about this Taiwan bubble. All of us who write about Taiwan were read by people who already care about Taiwan. So I thought, who could reach a more mainstream audience who doesn't already have a reason to care, who can handle sensitive and difficult topics in a fun, digestible way that people will watch? And I thought, oh, well, John Oliver, and he's already talked about these other issues in the region and done what I thought was a very good and competent job. And it didn't start with a petition, it started with a Facebook page. Um, and the idea of that was to use the name of the page to comment on their social media. Jenna Cody commenting on last week tonight, nobody cares. But a page called John Oliver Should Do an Episode About Taiwan commenting on last week tonight, somebody might notice that. Run me through the process of uh, like starting the petition. I'm sure there's a lot of varying opinions, especially with uh, an issue as complex and as multi-layered as Taiwan. Honestly, huge support. There were some detractors. A few people thought it was helpful to voice their opinion on John Oliver's show, saying, oh, I don't like John Oliver, I think he's insufferable, or I just don't care for it. And my reaction to that was, who cares? The point was to get Taiwan in front of the mainstream, mostly liberal audience that he attracts. I think the way he approaches issues is fine. I think that he understands there is an establishment and he has to work not within it per se, but he's a, he criticizes it, and that's good enough for me. My goal here is specifically to reach liberals, because a lot of discourse on Taiwan in the U.S. is taken over by conservatives, and I do want Taiwan to be a bipartisan issue. I'm not saying I don't want that support, but it makes it seem like Taiwan is a right-wing issue, which might turn lefties or you know liberals against Taiwan, and I certainly don't want that. A longer, more complete version of my interview with Jenna will be up on Facebook and YouTube. We talk about how she deals with internet trolls and why she's so invested in talking about Taiwan. This is Status Update. Hello there. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. Don Ventrias. And we're going to be getting to letters that you've written us uh, in this past week, telling us about what programs to listen to and your comments about those programs. But uh, we're going to be uh, getting to your letters eventually. Let's uh, have a little bit of upstate, uh, update. Status update here. Okay. But it's not about our our own personal status update. It's more like my friends. Oh. Um, She had been in the UK for about two months because she's got two daughters studying in the UK and uh, she accompanied them to go back to school and to find an apartment outside of the schools. They they weren't going to like live on in the dorms. Mm -hmm. And so she was there for two months and now she's already back in Taiwan. She just arrived and, uh, She's she has to be quarantined. Yeah. And um, they say that if you come from, um, you know, a country, come back from a country that's kind of like high on COVID cases, mm-hmm. then you can only stay at government um, designated quarantine hotels. I think that's universal, isn't it? Everybody. Well, can I, 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 I don't know about the country. Yeah. Really? I think that's everyone. That's everyone. Yeah. Oh, well, um, 
Yeah, well, we didn't used to. I mean, I mean, I, I when you know, what was it now? There was a time when actually we get to choose. Yeah, they and, they scrapped and, that. Yeah, they scrapped that. You mean like university you scrapped that? No, you can't stay at home now. You no, have to go that, into a quarantine that's one center. thing. That's yeah. one thing. But also, um, uh, you used to be able to choose your own quarantine hotel, but not know. anymore. Okay. Yeah, because um, when her daughters came back from the UK, you know, for the summer, um, they they were able to pick a quarantine hotel near their house. Mm. Yeah, their home. So that was convenient, but uh, not this time. So um, she had to stay um, in at this hotel in Wanli. Oh, that's in the middle of nothing. Well, it's, on the, <laughs> no. it's on the coast. It's by the coast. Um, it's by the waters. It's by the ocean. It's known for crabs. Uh, and I think there's a nuclear, you're right. I think you're there's right. a nuclear plant there. So it's not exactly oh, a scenic. nuclear plant. Well, fortunately, I think she's got a room facing the ocean. Okay. And I wouldn't mind nuclear being plant? quarantined. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know. No, I don't see any of the plant in, uh, inside. But do you know about these um, like abandoned houses that are roundish and they look like UFOs? They actually do call them UFO oh, houses. So I thought that they tore those down. Those were in they a lot of... They were um, not torn down. They're of, still there. A lot of um, places, articles... This is a few years back about the creepiest places in the world included these. I they really were sort of futuristic so. dwellings that were set up by an architect in the Sanjur district, which is next door to Wanli. Right, right. And I've read that uh, they've since been torn down. They were all over like, I back in the day when you had read BuzzFeed articles or whatever, it would be like the world's 12 scariest places. Oh, and that was always on there because of alleged accidents that happened, I think, during construction. And oh, then yeah. they were abandoned. And yeah. they just kind of looked creepy. They were abandoned, but they were not um, torn down. They're just still there. So you could see those UFO roundish buildings from her balcony. She took a picture. I told her, take a picture of, you know, of your room and everything. She said that the hotel is kind of old well not old it's not really really um open to the public so well, it's a quarantine um, hotel so no 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 i mean <laughs> i mean i mean prior to the government designated as a quarantine hotel i think it wasn't really running uh, like really running very good like I said, there's not a whole lot going on up there I've oh up there. there yeah right pr- probably but i took a room is that was pretty nice i mean okay. she said the facilities were kind of old and everything but but um other than that i thought i wouldn't mind you know, being put out there, although it was a long ride, I'm sure. Yeah, it's far but, from um, everything. <laughs> so, gosh, I'm, I, I envy her. Why? You know, it's just She's stuck overlooking in the, middle of the nowhere. ocean. I can stare at the ocean for hours and hours on end. Well, you can do that without being quarantined, you know. No, yeah, but if I were to quarantine... And that's at her own expense, by the way. I think... Yes. It, so, like, I don't think there's very much to envy there. <laughs> well, probably not, but I'm, I'm assuming if it's kind of an old hotel, maybe she wouldn't have to pay that much, but I don't know. Next thing I'm going to ask her is how's the food. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of choices in that out, out, that, out, that, out way. that way. I know. I had no idea that they would find quarantine hotels... You know, way out of the city, out of convenience. But of course, you don't need convenience because you can't, you know, you can't get out. Yeah, you can't go anywhere. But um, I'm just saying, if I were to be quarantined, I would not mind to be quarantined at a hotel and looking at the ocean because I can stare at the ocean for days on end. I'd rather do that than stare at the walls. Okay, so I'll be bored to death. I'll be scared to death by myself. Scared? I just yes. It, nothing. I don't like itself. being. I don't like being alone in a room by myself so okay. <laughs> yeah i just i, I just i don't know it, I, I just yeah i can't do that so if i can stare at the ocean then i mean that's great so mm. that's what i would do but i'm i'm totally envious so she f- feels very thankful that she can be quarantined at a place you know overlooking such good view and everything 
But um, yeah, well, anyway, that's an update about, you know, how it is if you were to be quarantined, if you come back from, um, you know, from abroad. Yeah. Um, we're still pretty strict about that, although we're pretty much, you know, the situation here is pretty much contained. And yeah. I think the government's doing a great job. So, yeah, you feel safe, right, John? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I do, too. <laughs> so, sure. All right. Okay, well, let's get to the letters. Thank you so much for writing us. We always love to hear from you and read your letters on air because we, we want to know what you think about our programs. So our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.cw, and you can always reach us on Facebook and YouTube. All right. This first letter I have is coming to us from... Hold on one second. Um, yes, Koji Miyagi of Setagaya-ku, Tokyo, Japan. And um, first off, he answered this. We have the survey, you know, um, which is one of the flashing banners at the top of our website. Yeah. And so he actually answered that survey as well as gave, um, you know, a, a letter, uh, a reception report here. But uh, now I know what the questions are because I never really got in there to see what, this, what the questions were being asked. Question one was... Um, what the platform that I listen to RTI Pro? Oh, okay. So his answer was mainly by shortwave, occasionally by the internet, only when a shortwave propagation is not good. And then question two was my favorite programs. And his answer was Feast Meets West and Newsmakers. Feast Meets West is, uh, is one of my most favorite programs among any shortwave radio programs, including other international broadcasters. Um, I, it gives me a great opportunity to know Taiwanese food and culture because it's a food comp uh, food program, by the way. <laughs> As for newsmakers, I can catch up with what is going on in Taiwan. Question three, my rating. My answer is four stars. And then question four, my suggestions. Uh, it could be five stars if I can get more information about cultural events and festivals in Taiwan. We haven't had from many the, of those lately. Yeah, <laughs> from the broadcast on Saturdays or Sundays. Yeah. Everything's I mean, been uh, canceled or... We right, probably have right. to wait till probably. Because I imagine the end of the year or next year before those start up again because of right. COVID. I'm sure some of them are online and everything held online. That is, okay. Well, thank you for my, for that. And as for the reception report, he listened in on October 10th at one five three two zero kilohertz. And he, the programs he listened to was Newsmakers Curious John, Ear to the Ground, Feast Meets West. Feast Meets West featured senior citizens and talked about the double ninth festival related food program. Uh, related food. Okay. A recipe for the Grandparents' Day interviewed at a vocational school in New Taipei City and top 10 foods for older people. And then a simple rating he gave a 55444 and said very good reception condition. And it says if the details correspond with your station log, I would appreciate a QSR card. Well, thank you so much for writing. So that was Koji Miyagi of Tokyo, Japan. Got a letter here from Roger Tidy writing to us from London in the UK. It says, hello again. It is good to see that Taiwan is recovering from the recent upsurge in COVID-19 infections. Here in the UK, the situation is different. We are experiencing a steep rise in COVID infections and a smaller rise in deaths and hospitalizations. In England, most restrictions on the population were removed back in July, but in Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, there are still significant restrictions in force. At present, it is unclear whether some restrictions will be reintroduced in England. Many scientists and doctors say that restrictions should be reimposed, but the government is reluctant to do so. Now here is my first report for October. This is a report about our October 21st broadcast, and on that day we broadcast here in Taiwan, hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. 
Under comments, it said, The most interesting program for me was Hashtag Taiwan, in which Leslie spoke about your National Day. He did an excellent job in boiling down the substance of President Tsai's National Day speech to five concisely expressed bullet points. And it was also interesting to hear about how the Double Ten Festival has been celebrated by Taiwan's overseas offices. Highlights was also an interesting feature, although I thought it started too abruptly without an adequate introduction. The subject was the recent increase in the minimum wage, which is clearly insufficient and has not kept up with some other countries, such as South Korea. Here in Taiwan also had some interesting subjects, including two reports on the Pride celebrations in Taiwan and a report about Taiwan's latest naturalized citizen, who was a TV celebrity who hails from France. I also heard in the spotlight. In this edition of the program, Shirley interviewed an Israeli rapper and played some of his one of his creations. Frankly speaking, I hate rap music, especially the type that comes out of America and the UK, which often have hateful and misogynist lyrics. The subject the subject of Shirley's interview made something made some interesting comment about what he likes in Taiwan, which to me was more interesting than the part of the interview where he spoke about his work. That's all for now. More reports will follow soon. Best wishes, Roger Tidy. All right. And I have one from Alan Holder of England as well. And it says here, Dear Shirley, John, and RTI English staff, I hope that everyone at your station is in good health. I'm feeling quite well at the moment. The fall season is well and truly here, and we have had our fair share of rain in the south of the UK. Of course, it's nothing when compared with the monsoon-like conditions on Taiwan recently. I don't know how you folks cope with all the wet, but Lots I guess... Of raincoats and umbrellas. <laughs> yeah, and uh, dehumidifiers. Oh, that's also a lifesaver, with, laund- no. with laundry especially. I know. It, it will never dry otherwise. Never, never. But I guess you are used to it, as a few typhoons regularly hit your island every year. Uh, on your status update shows, uh, sorry, it was interesting to hear you talk about the opening up of gymnasiums and sports centers in Taiwan. In the UK, fitness centers have been experiencing a huge surge in clients following the end of the lockdown some months ago. We have a lot of catching oh, up to do, don't we? Yeah. We haven't exercised in a long time. <laughs> really? I have to admit that I'm one of those who badly need to get into shape, but I'm generally rather lazy. And the thought of having a good workout, quote-unquote, at a gym fills me with horror. Actually, I may be somewhat unfit, but I'm very slim, and I only weigh 126 pounds. Since an early age, I've had a passion for astronomy. So on recent editions of The Download, it was interesting to hear Stash interview Dr. Alice Tichy, who spoke about himself, his discoveries of exoplanets, and about astronomy in Taiwan. With the current intimidating tactics by China towards Taiwan, I also enjoy hearing the Taiwan Today reports on why U.S. troops are in your country and about the importance of U.S.-Taiwan security ties. I always enjoy listening to Brain Games, which is a fun way to get to know many different aspects about Taiwan. I was really interested in a previous program about the many strange temples to be found on your island. I think that was an Andrews episode. Mm-hmm. Finally, a recent town insider gave an informative account of what is being done to fight disinformation, in particular that originating from China. Uh, in my opinion, RTI is a treasure trove of information. It is essential listening to for anyone who has a real interest in the people, culture, and everyday life in the Republic of China. I first listened back in 1971, and I still count you among my favorite international broadcasters. Kind regards to all. I'll write again soon. Ellen Holder of the UK. We have a letter here from Brian Newell that's addressed to Emma. And he's writing to us from Logansport, Indiana in the U.S. and says, Dear Emma, I enjoyed your feature on Tarsi Sue and her song Lemon Tree, which was on just the classics 
on October 27th. It says that's a song for dancing. Mm. You can look up the dance steps. The line dance version is the best. And uh, there is a, a link to that on YouTube. <laughs> it said you you said this may be one of ju- the last Justin Classics. Actually, that is true. Yeah. We've got a, an upcoming, well, actually, by the time you're hearing this, already in place, mm. new program schedule. That's there right. is a new music program, though, so you can look forward. To, we're not cutting the music. so Right. Actually, by Emma Benek. There you go. Yeah. So if you like her presentation on Just the Classics, that you can look forward to that, uh, that starting right. pretty Absolutely. much now. I think it's already begun. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, I've enjoyed the variety of songs and eras brought to the airwaves by various hosts. There is a feeling for the artists and their music conveyed with insights into their lives and how they have affected others. I liked your introductions, attaching meaning to each song, giving us pointers for listening to the sounds, as well as the emotions and lyrics. May your voice continue to blend with the music in your upcoming programs. There's also a report about our October 27th program overall mm-hmm. uh, that was here in Taiwan with you and Emma. Uh, you talked about how non-citizens since November 8th have needed an approved vaccine to visit. And Medigen, our Taiwan-developed COVID vaccine, is not recognized by the U.S., but is recognized by, the, by Vietnam. By Vietnam. It says well, actually, maybe, I think they're in the talks about okay. that. Yeah. It says here, maybe the U.S. could be in a travel bubble and many in Taiwan await vaccination. That is truth. It has been going on, but uh, taking longer, I think, than in many other countries. Yeah. Taiwanese can currently enter, but will soon need a certain vaccine. And China's looking for adequate quarantine facilities for the new year. Also, there was an item about the Taipei Buskers Festival. I actually... Uh, know of one of the not personally know but know of one of the people who performed in that and he's really good so actually i'd like to if that's something that interests you maybe i can ring him up and see how that went oh yeah uh and then there was just the classics where emma said it was possibly the last episode and as we said this was a feature about tarsi sue and featured music from the 1990s uh that comes to us once again from brian ewell of logansport indiana in the u.s okay and i have a letter here from Eddie Witanto of Indonesia. Um, he listened in on October 25th at 1636 to 1659 UTC. Uh, frequency was 9405 kHz. Simple rating was just three across the board. Noisy, wavy, excess voice from other stations. Uh, the audio was heard relatively noisy and wavy. And signal strength plotted... Oh, never mind. Found QRM excess from the other station. Um, and so programs, program details, he heard Jukebox Republic, where I played, um, actually more than one song called So Qian So, which means hand holding in hands. hand. Holding hands. Holding yeah. hands. Okay. Um, um, the, well, of course I played the original that was, um, um, I think sung by various artists during the SARS, uh, breakout oh, in 2003. Right. I knew that sounded familiar. Is that yes. that song? The yes. SARS, the SARS yes. song. Right, right. The Maybe SARS it song. shouldn't be holding hands. Maybe it should be social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know really, but it was interesting when I found, when I was looking for that song, I realized that there were several other songs, but totally different rendition oh. uh, of uh, So the same title. Like cover songs? Or um, just different no, just different, yeah, different artists and different arrangements, but the name, the, the, the okay. song name is the same. So that was a fun episode to do. Um, but it says here, good news about COVID-19 in Taiwan and relaxing for outdoor activities. Taiwan is gradually going maskless when exercising outdoors. So, yeah, so then he listed uh, some of the songs, uh, also called So Qian So by Zhang Sanwei, and also another song. Okay, and then uh, Palau, yeah, I mentioned about how Palau is opening up more to Taiwan. Um, you know, uh, just they just really want to welcome Taiwanese travelers to the country. And even if it's just to get vaccinated, or even if just, what was it now? 
uh, even if it's just on one with one shot yes. of um, one dose of the vaccine. Yeah. So, okay. So that was again Eddie Prabo of Indonesia. And thank you so much for all your letters. Keep them coming, though. We always love to hear from you. Just what you think about our programs, good or bad. We want to hear them all. So our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And don't forget, you can always leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube. All right. See you next week. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.